Mortgage Women Magazine. It's where women's voices are heard. Find it free at www.mortgagewomenmagazine.com. Folks are naturally inclined to certain positions and, and they're not. I don't think it's a lack of, um, of, of, uh, of providing that opportunity. This is Gated Communities, where we talk about everything you're not supposed to talk about in the mortgage industry. Stephen Cooley, founder and CEO of Art Versus Math, a mortgage consultancy group, has recently gotten more attention for his article in Mortgage Women magazine, which points out that the mortgage industry is mostly laying off women. But does this mean executives are being biased towards their female staff or is something more complex at play? As a business leader who fits the typical profile of being white and male, Cooley believes it's important to be aware of how these mass layoffs are affecting women in the industry. Typically, processors, underwriters, and marketers are the first ones on the chopping block. It's also unfortunate that a majority of these positions are filled by women. Loan officers, on the other hand, are the last ones to get laid off, most of whom are men. Today, Cooley will shed some light on this issue and share his perspective with our listeners. Well, thank you, Cooley, for joining us today on Gated Communities, where we'll be talking about the importance of having women in the workplace and what's going on with the quote unquote great mortgage uh, layoff of 2023. Um, For those who don't know, Cooley wrote an article in Mortgage Women magazine called um, The Mortgage Industry is Mostly Laying Off Women, which has gotten a lot of traction lately. So we brought him on the show to talk a little bit more about this. Um, So to start things off, Cooley, why don't you introduce yourself to the audience, explain, you know, where you come from and your involvement in the mortgage industry? Absolutely. I appreciate you having me on to hang out and discuss some things like that. But yeah, my name is Stephen Cooley. I'm the founder and CEO of Art First Math. We are a mortgage-focused uh, business consultancy uh, that helps mortgage lenders and technology companies grow and uh, overcome marketing challenges. And uh, as we all know, there's plenty of those this year in 2023. And so, yeah, very often I'm, I'm, I get these opportunities to write and, and, and have the opportunity to be published. And, uh, this was one of those, you know, just polarizing things that, um, was brought to my attention. And I kind of, you know, ended up down the rabbit hole and, and, and thought it was, uh, you know, an article worth writing. Um, but in addition to that, we, I also have a, a web platform called Mortgage Advisor Tools. It helps lenders find technology solutions. So another challenge that, you know, folks are facing this year is trying to figure out how to consolidate or expound upon their technology stack to, you know, drive efficiency within their business. And so, you know, that's, that's kind of our shtick. I mean, we're highly interested in providing solutions and and helping folks. And so I'm fortunate that I've been able to do that for the last four years and and have uh, some success. Perfect. And before we get into why, you know, it's mostly women being laid off, let's talk a little bit about the nature of the industry and how it is very cyclical. So anyone who's been in the industry for a few years could probably pick up on that by now. But as you know, we've had a lot of newcomers um, over the coast of of the uh, pandemic housing boom and the whole refi boom. They're just kind of getting the hang of this and maybe they understand what it means for an industry to be cyclical, but we're about to get into detail about what exactly that means, which positions are, 
you know, are the ones that are kind of coming and going a lot that really fluctuate in capacity and why exactly that happens. So when people say the mortgage uh, industry is cyclical, can you kind of go into a little more detail about what that means? Sure. So there, I mean, there's ups and I mean, there's some natural ups and downs that occur in this industry. And so I was when the when COVID happened, rates dropped. And so therefore, you know, there and there was a demand hit its peak. And, you know, there was a high need for refinancing to achieve that lower rate. And so mortgage lenders, of course, needed processors and processors and underwriters to fulfill, you know, the massive amount of volume that they were uh, originating at that time. And so um, as rates continue to climb, I mean, they needed these processors and underwriters less, and therefore they started letting them, uh, they started laying them off. Um, in the same, loan originators are considered revenue generator, revenue generators, and they tend not to get laid off. Marketers are also not considered revenue generators and therefore they got laid off. So uh, prominently what, who gets laid off the most when these things happen are, you know, those three categories is your processors, your underwriters and marketing. And so, you know, in particular, you know, we hired a considerable amount of folks this year in 2023 and coincidentally they happen to be women. And so um, uh, it was, it, it was, I don't say, I wouldn't say it was odd, but you know, you know, this great talent. I mean, if you look at the resume of the folks that are working for me, it's unbelievable. It's like, why would you lay off this type of professional? They have, um, you know, um, they have incredible resumes, uh, incredible experiences at several different lenders. And, um, but that is just typically the the case. If I, if I don't believe I need marketing, um, then or I don't see the value in it, then of course we start terminating that staff that's involved with it. And so, you know, we're going to see this again. We're going to see another influx of, you know, the, the, the rates won't stay high forever. Um, in fact, as we continue to originate at this high interest rate, a refi boom is coming to some extent. It's not going to be anywhere near what we anyone saw before. But even if we get into the fives at some point, even high fives, um, you have millions of, of of loans that will want to refi a point and a half down and whatnot. And so there could be, and demand has not really shifted. I mean, so folks still want to buy homes. They still, and, and therefore they're going to need mortgages. So, you know, every, in fact, every time, you know, and, and, and anybody could correct me if I'm wrong, but every time that rates even dip down a scotch, I mean, the, the demand is right there. Like the, the originations immediately, uh, you know, meet that to, to try to capture a even a remotely lower rate. So, I mean, that is that is the influx of of what occurs. And so, when it happens in 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 waves, so to speak, that's when we see this 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 influx of hiring and firing and 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 layoffs and whatnot. And so, um, and yeah, it's a continuation for as long as I've been in the industry. Where and it might not even be rate driven. Sometimes it's investment driven. And, uh, you know, uh, profits are compressed and, uh, you know, and the back end is, um, is all, um, you know, so there's lots of different reasons why these things, why, why it occurs for sure. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk a little bit about marketing in particular, you know, in a down market, 
it also makes sense to say you should bulk up in marketing, right? To bring in more business. That's what you should be focused on. So what do you think about, you know, that perspective, whether or not, you know, marketing is something that you should continue to invest in, even in a down market, or is it worth letting go? You know, is it highly dependent on the company's situation? It's highly dependent on the company's business model and their culture. So where marketing lives in in a mortgage lender is is the reason why it, uh, lenders are comfortable laying off marketing, despite every bit of business evidence that says that yes, when these when recessions occur and whatnot, the folks that invest and uh, and sustain their marketing tend to maintain a level of health. Um, in a recession and beyond. In fact, and, and they're better off for it. And so um, if you are maintaining, uh, if you are staying top of mind during a low demand, you know, when demand increases, that's when you have the opportunity to capture a sale. And so it, it's not really even rocket science, but there's plenty of Harvard review studies and, um, and, and all kinds of case studies that would support this. And, 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 you know, we talk in circles around it all the time, but the, the perceived value of marketing at a, at a retail mortgage level is that they don't have, they cannot connect the marketing efforts with direct revenue. And so therefore it's not, it's not valuable. And so most of the time marketing is an attri- attributable is, is attri- attributable to revenue, but it doesn't create direct revenue. So therefore they make a they make a decision based on their business model, what their perceived value of marketing is, and 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 they make their decisions. It really is up to you know marketers at certain levels, depending the size of the lender and the culture of the lender, but and the technology and the resources that they have available to them. But um, it is on us to actually really define the value of the marketing activities that we're doing and making sure that you're able to quantify every action, every dollar, every staff, so that, you know, when these times come, which are inevitable, that you are able to, you know, maintain your job and uh, and at least have a fighting chance for when the, when these shifts occur. Mm-hmm. And I want to emphasize that, you know, these jobs that are, you know, that come and go a lot, that fluctuate a lot in capacity with the cycles, um, being a processor, being an underwriter and being a marketer, those are all essential jobs. They just, sure. you, know, you know, I just want to, you know, ensure that people know that you're not immediately disposable because of of your job label, but those are, you know, the sections in the industry that, as I said, fluctuate a lot. And I want to talk about the patterns that we see, um, you know, the gender patterns, um, depending on the position you have within a company. So something that you mentioned in the article, uh, 56% of the mortgage industry is men, which, you know, yes, it's slightly more dominant towards men, but that doesn't really sound too bad. And But if we look into where these women are working and where the men are working, you see a more stark difference. So 78% of all mortgage processors are women. 61% of all mortgage underwriters are women. And 56% of marketing positions are held by women. So let's talk a little bit about that. I want to get your opinion because we don't know why, but um, your opinion as to maybe why women kind of go into those um, certain positions Um or maybe they like prefer to work in groups like that versus being the only woman on the sales floor. Yeah. So there is a wide collection of reasons why 
Um, you know, and, and you're forced to skew into generalities about, you know, gender preferences um, and and behavior and psychology and all kinds of different things to why the, they make a decision to pick a certain occupation to align with their to align with their life and, and uh, you know, their lifestyle. And so. Um, you know, that is, you know, I, I think it's it's somewhat natural and, you know, it's not necessarily good or bad, right? I mean, it's just that it, that tends to be the case that there is a preference, that job is a preference for them um, and it aligns with, um, you know, their um, you know, you know, their, their psychology, their lifestyle, and, uh, you know, where they want to, how they want to exist in the workplace. Right. And so, um, it, 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 you know, that, and that's where this gets tough because it's like, well, if this is by default, just the nature of it, you know, what really is the solution when, uh, these are, these, these are naturally, uh, the positions that that women in in mass are generally um, compelled to to do, and then at the same time we know that these are the most vulnerable positions potentially in the industry. You know what is what are leaders supposed to do, and what are you know the, the people that hold these positions supposed to do as a result of it? And that's where you know it's it's a it's a it's a complex issue, and I think that's why. I felt, you know, kind of compelled to write the article because it's it, 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 these discussions, I think, are what's the most important. And then really even understanding the importance of diversity in your workplace. And while it's while, of course, it may be about equality, it's actually about much more than that, is that there's a, a dynamic shift that may occur in your business if you are not thoughtful about uh, maintaining a diverse work environment. And that could, and that's not probably just gender. That's ethnicities, races, religions, and and everything combined, right? So, I mean, that's that that is a you know, you know, we definitely won't tackle it and solve it today. And but I mean, hopefully, it does create conversation within these organizations, and they examine you know this this natural phenomenon and go, okay, what is the impact of this? So, and I'll give you a cool example. It has nothing to do with gender. So, loan officers. Um, or poor, you know, we, we get to do a little bit of this consultancy where we come in and, and we're trying to analyze the marketplace, um, the folks that are productive, not productive, who should we let go, right? And so, like, it gets interesting because it, it, the easy way to do it is go, okay, low-performing folks are, we terminate them. And every once in a while, that may be true, but every once in a while, you have an X factor. And the X factor is a weird one because there's some there's a person in that place that is, a, a subpar performer, but they are, but they are um, highly in, um, engaged in the morale of the company. They're a company culture person. Um, they might be highly, they, they might be a, a really great originator and therefore they're extremely helpful to those that are around them. They're just really poor at sales. And so they have all these other dynamics that are helping the business thrive but they're going, but but they're terminated potentially because they're simply poor at origination. And so what occurs is this person is removed, and all of a sudden they see performance at a whole when they they would expect it to increase, it doesn't. And because they have actually removed the dynamic in their business that is was actually somewhat imperative 
to their ability to perform. And so, you know, that is, and then that, in, that in itself is a, is an example of what we're talking about when we're talking about, you know, examining, you know, who should be terminated and who should not and, and how to balance that. It's not an easy task by any stretch, but I mean, and it's hard to analyze all those components, you know, when you're doing it, especially if you're under duress, I mean, you're immediately just like, let's, you got to move it. Right. Like, I mean, like we're on fire, like if we don't do this, we're going to experience extreme challenges. And so, um, but I, but again, I think the conversation has to be had. And I, and if, and if any, and if companies, you know, they, they will, they sometimes uh, they have a chief of people or a chief of culture, you know, large organizations have a, a C-suite person maybe dedicated to uh, the people in the organization. And I mean, and, and, and they very well may do this, but I mean, at every level, there should be some more considerations as we're figuring out how to balance our, you know, cost of labor as we move into this, you know, kind of mortgage market recession that we're experiencing. Mm-hmm. And that seems, you know, supremely difficult for someone to handle by themselves if if there's really one main leader in the company or just, you know, two or three of them to know the the cultural dynamics of what's going on. You know, I know that in a smaller company, it may be slightly easier, but it's still kind of tough to kind of know you know, what is keeping everything together? Um, You might think it's just, you know, based on everyone's individual performance. But as you said, there are people who keep up morale. There are people who keep up the this kind of balance in the office and and make people want to show up and work hard. Um, So I imagine that's really difficult. And as you said, having somebody dedicated to that who can observe what's happening and perhaps go up to the leader and be like, I think you just laid off the last woman in the office and and have someone say, you know, I, you don't realize what's going on, but this is what's right. how it's actually affecting things down there. I think sure. that's extremely smart. Absolutely. And there's a lot of benefits. Let's get into the benefits of having women in the workplace. Um, well, actually, first of all, I want to address something that um, is also pretty well known is that less females are in the sales department. Um, The sales department is very, um, in most cases, is very male dominated. Um, But at the same time, women are also very emotionally intelligent and the sales department is very consumer facing. And and when you do have a female in there, it's a a huge advantage to that. Um, So I want to get kind of your opinion on that. Do you think we need to have a little bit more diversity in that area? And could that be beneficial as well? Sure. I mean, I, you know, again, the the opportunity to 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 be in sales, I think, is 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 prevalent and 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 probably welcomed. I don't I don't think there's anybody that is, you know, if 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 any any individual wants to participate in the absolutely impossible job of sales, like I, I think they're more than welcome to that. I mean, but of but if you have done sales at any gig anywhere, and especially at a high level, I mean, it's 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 extremely tough. It's a really, really, um, it's it's many hours. It's uh, sometimes extremely low pay for a for an for a long time. Um, it, you know, you are you know it, it requires uh, extremely competitive nature, it, it, and you know there's just a. Um, you know, it, it's a, you know, for lack of better term, I mean, like it's a, it's a tough gig. I mean, it's an extremely tough gig. And so it's not to say that anybody can or can't do that, but I mean, 
Uh, again, there's a there's a reason why um, folks are naturally inclined to certain positions, and and they're not. I don't think it's a lack of um, of of, uh, of providing that opportunity. But I mean, it, 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 you know, I mean, just generally speaking, I mean, like, you know, when I first went into sales, when I was like 23, I mean, everyone around me was like, you know, your your paycheck's going to your your paycheck's going to fluctuate. You're never going to know how much money you make. Well, you know, what if you don't sell anything like, you know, and so like the the normal um Anybody, when you tell them you're in sales, I mean, it's all that's almost a polarizing, you know, job in and of itself. And any in every industry um, in the country, whether you're selling cars or insurance or whatnot, I mean, it takes um, it's it's a different type of vocation um, than just simply going to work, collecting a salary paycheck, and going home and working forty hours a week. And so we're talking about you know a position that is that is somewhat extreme in nature. And so, like, if you are any individual that's willing to go through the painstaking process of building a book of business, um, sacrificing your time and your, you know, financial security for, um, you know, for an extended period of time to achieve the, um, you know, to to get into the top 20% of earning in the country. I mean, that is, you know, I think that opportunity is, is readily available, but it's, it's, it's usually an extreme sacrifice to um to achieve the top dollar um you know that 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 is why people want to get into sales especially in the mortgage industry i i really agree with that and i don't think you know it, it's necessarily a you know, anyone's trying to prevent them from entering this department. I think it's just it comes naturally with challenges. And realistically, the way that a lot of older women live their lives is that they need that time after work, you know, if they're mothers and if they're, you know, caretakers in the family, that's just realistically how life goes. And but at the same time, because they have these naturally, you know, uh, this emotional intelligence and nowadays with a lot of borrowers being, you know, single female or even in a couple in a relationship and really being the the dominant one with the uh, finances and handling all of that, they might be the one more likely to be talking to the loan officer, having, you know, knowledge just about, you know, females and how to talk to people like that is really beneficial. And I see that as a benefit of having women in the office as, you know, being in a in a sales department surrounded by men, maybe just unintentionally, you kind of, you talk a certain way, you do, you handle things a certain way. And maybe that doesn't work in your favor if you're working with a female client. So I want to ask you, do you think there's a benefit of having other women in the office to speak to, to kind of ask them, you know, questions or how would you handle this? How would you like to be talked to about this? That sort of thing. At a, at a at a strictly marketing level, I mean, the gig is to align the persona of the of the consumer with a similar persona um, on a in the business. Like like so, no matter what that may be, whether and and whether whatever preferences that they have uh, culturally, gender religion and whatnot. And so even when you're, when you're doing training for um, loan officers on like social media, for example, you're, you're, you're always going, look, you're going to have the best result if you can remove politics, religion, 
polarizing perspectives and, and keep them to the side and, and, and stay within these parameters so that you can appeal to, you know, as many folks as humanly possible. Because as soon as I get staunch about any of these perspectives, I then limit my audience to, um, you know, to, to whomever will align with what I believe to be true or my, pers- my personal perspectives. Right. And so in the, in the same course, I mean, the other thing is, uh, so like I, I live in Indianapolis, Indiana, and I, um, I did B2B sales, you know, coming up and I am relatively fast talking. I'm to the point. I don't do a lot of small talk. Um, and, uh, and I found it very natural for me to work with folks on the East coast, a little bit, the Midwest, um, and like in, in major, major cities for the most part. And, and I would get on and off the phone. Uh, how can I help you? Great. Da, 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 da. All right. Boom. And, and I was done. I struggled in the South. I struggled. I couldn't, I couldn't get, I, I could not. And, and, and it's a much, it's a much more, uh, you know, it, it's a slower pace there. They want to get to know you. They want to, you know, what did you do over the weekend? Are you married? Do you have kids? Da, da, da. And so like that pace was, was, was detrimental to my ability to develop good business relationships. And so I wasn't successful there. And so my alignment with that was, was, was not great. And so, you know, while, you know, folks preferences and, you know, where they might, you know, and, and uh, maybe skewed or um, not good, or, you know, um, you know, the, the whole, you know, ultimately what you always want to try to do is figure out how to create alignment within your business. So like if, if a, if a, if a woman wants to speak to a woman, then you, you should have that available if, you know, and, and, and culturally, religiously, all those things. And so it's all, all about trying to figure out how to align personas so that you can increase your conversion on every transaction and do it in a way that's natural. And so if you can be that as a, as a, as a sales professional. And, and, and so like now, now it's like, obviously I can't turn myself into a woman, but I can, um, you know, um, make sure that I understand how to speak, um, and, and, and present myself and, you know, knock off, knock off, um, things that are maybe inappropriate or are not going to be viewed as, uh, as flattering. And, you know, in the way that I, in the way that I carry myself and the whole thing, um, you know, so, I mean, and, and that, again, all this stuff, extremely polarizing. So it's like, well, you know, you can't generalize anybody, but it's like, mm, you can a little bit, right? Like, I mean, um, you know, uh, men speak to men differently usually than, than they speak to women. That's, that's not, uh, I don't think that's too out there, but I mean, but, but if I, if I'm able to pivot and understand people a little bit more generally, I'm able, I would probably have more success instead of, uh, and it won't, it won't keep me in a box. Mm-hmm. And I think everyone kind of knows that in the back of their mind that there are cultural differences between men and women, just as there are between someone from Connecticut and California. It's it's just you're in a different environment. Um, you, you see the world in different ways. And, and really, there's nothing wrong with that. You just have to be able to understand where another person is coming from and having more perspective like that, whether it's from more women in the office, you know, more minorities in the office, you know, whatever it is, it, it's just adding to your perspective. And I want to um, so improving customer experience was something that you highlighted in your article, as well as profitability. You cited the McKinsey study, um, the top 25% in gender diversity, companies in gender diversity are more likely to have an above average profitability. And we're very familiar with this study. I've brought it up a few times on the show. 
these companies are not just mortgage companies. They're all different sorts of companies. So that's what's, you know, so great about the the study. So I want to ask you, and no one really has a straightforward answer about why that is, why that brings more profits. We have a lot of different opinions, but I would like to get your take on it on why do you think that drives profitability? I have, I have absolutely no idea. I mean, like that's, again, I think it's, there's, there's X factors in this thing that, you know, you always have to consider. I, I, could, I couldn't even begin to speculate why something like that could, would be true. Uh, but McKinsey's not, I mean, they, they didn't do this research once. I mean, they've done it several times. I mean, you could go back and they've, they, they've, they've uh, uh, ran surveys around this several times. So, I mean, they're, they're, um, you know, it would take a another collection of folks to really study that, and I'm sure that the, that research is is available somewhere to understand why that dynamic uh, drives you know profitability. Um, you know, it could be efficiency, it could be conversion against um, you know sales that come in, um, meaning that they they perform more transactions with less inquiry. You know, it, it could be, and like I mentioned, efficiency where like they're able to uh, do. I don't know. I don't know what the the thing is. I'm sure there are a ton of factors and variables that determine something like that. And and it's a consistent study that is not. It was not just done on a whim. It's been. Uh, it was done at a pretty high level, and it's been done several years in a row. So, um, but again, like if I know that to be true, and I believe that McKinsey's not some like little you know consultancy shop, you know, um, then it's then it's probably worth considering as I'm evaluating my staff and whether or not I'm going to hire and fire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think the the why behind it probably comes from all the things that we have been talking about so far, such as, you know, bringing in different perspectives. Now you have more perspectives on a certain issue that you can all work together and solve and just a, a dev- brings in a probably a diversity of ideas um, instead of having, you know, one group stuck in with particular group thought um, is probably something that that helps. And another the third most important point that you brought up in the article was increased kindness. I thought that was interesting. Gender diversity in the workplace increases the happiness, confidence, and communication of the people around them. So similar to improved customer service, women tend to neutralize behaviors and decrease poor behavior, especially when dealing with workplace aggression. So I want to kind of get your take on that. I think that's, you know, a really great observation. Um, How did you find that out? Do you see this being demonstrated, you know, in in your workplace, um, you know, within your company? Uh, I mean, I would have to use my own personal experience. I mean, you know, men at the, um, you know, men are more aggressive than women. I mean, like, you know, um, uh, and, and that's, you know, and that's why, and, and at the extreme levels, they're, uh, absolute, they're absolutely more aggressive, which is why you have more men in prison than you do women. Um, so it's, it's, it's a, it's an, an innate part of a man's nature to be aggressive and assertive. And so like, and, and, um, and so that is tempered oftentimes by women as if the man is any, you know, sense to him. Mm -hmm. I mean, and so is it so, um, you know, my candor or whatnot to a um, to a man in general might be more um, assertive and aggressive. And I would use uh, less and I would uh, I would be less thoughtful about my approach 
than if I, if, if a woman enters the, the situation. Um, and so that, that may or may not always be true, but it tends to be the case at, uh, again, you know, the, the levels of research and whatnot, just based on the, um, you know, the natural characteristics of men and women. And so, um, you know, you know, I don't, I don't yell at my mom, um, you know, like, it's just not, you know, as a, as a grown man, that's, it's a silly, um, I would be, even, even the idea of that, uh, folks would, would think that I'm, I, I have a, a tick or something that there'd be something wrong with me. Right. Um, and I think it's, and it's not just that I also don't yell at my sister. So, I mean, like there, there's, um, I think there's a, a natural, um, response that occurs when there's an element involved that, um, that compels me to be more compassionate and approach it in a more respectful fashion, because it's simply probably just the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. And as a business owner, you know, why should I care about the level of aggression in the workplace? How, how do I know if this is, you know, healthy aggression? I would, I would assume you want your sales to me, sales team to be somewhat aggressive, but you know, in terms of aggression towards each other and having too much aggression, when does that cross, you know, to over into the unhealthy uh, boundary. Well, when there's a diminishing return, I mean, like, you know, the, the problem with aggression is that to some degree, you might be able to achieve your goals. I mean, and so, and, and so th then it reinforces the need to continue to do so. Um, but, but when that stops happening, which it very well may, because you, you, you're double downing on what you believe works. Um, that's when you need to start making some pivots and have some self-awareness of your behavior. So, I mean, I prided my, I, I was a director of digital marketing and finance of America and with dealing with vendors, I pride myself on, you know, hard negotiating and getting the best deals and da, 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 da. And then I, and and little did I know that I was, I, I got coined the bull, the bulldog of the off, you know, and so um, that this, that this mannerism was obviously got a great result, but like the, the um, perspective of me shifted a little bit like that, that I was this like, you know, kind of overly intense individual. And so, you know, so the goal so, you know, I've been fortunate that I've been, I've had a lot of mentors in my life in, in different capacities. And so like I have some self-awareness and so I challenged myself to find other methods to achieve my goals without being as aggressive. Right. And, and it wasn't, and it wasn't contingent upon man or woman. It was just, you know, like that was behavior that I didn't believe was, um, you know, healthy overall. And there was a probably a good opportunity. I was bringing it home as well. And so, um, you know, I think that all these, all these temperaments and whatnot, you know, we don't know where, uh, you know, we don't know what people are experiencing and going through, but like, you know, if you, if you're able to be, um, self-conscious of the self-aware and, you know, can audit them to some extent, um, you know, it's, it's always been supremely helpful to me to be not just, a a better business leader or negotiator or business partner, but, um, but a better person and a better father and better husband and uh, just a better individual altogether. Because I mean, there's always tactics that can quote unquote work, but sometimes those same tactics um, provide a diminishing return and, um, and start to kind of backfire. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And a woman, you know, could, could provide, you know, it, and a mentor, it could be a man or a woman, could pr provide some perspective on that and say, hey, 
this, you might not know that you're coming across like this. And everybody kind of gets into that situation where they're like, I didn't know I was being like that, you know, until someone else pointed it out to me. So I was wondering if you have any real life examples or scenarios, you know, as somebody who is a business leader who cares for company culture and all of this, how, you know, having more women in the workplace changed things in a real way. Um, You know, did you see any kind of um, direct consequence of that, any positive consequence to that with your own eyes? You know, in, 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 in our thing, I mean, I, 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 I specifically haven't paid much attention to, to gender more so than I've paid attention to, um, talent and, um, and an ability to execute. Um, so, so I, I honestly haven't done an audit like that to be, to be, to, you know, and, and we all, we, we definitely make considerations for market alignment um, as to who's going to speak with who. Um, if, if we believe that there is a, a, a benefit to uh, a, f- a female colleague taking a call versus a male colleague taking the call. Um, and, and we do, we do that assessment, but it's, it's about the, you know, it's about trying to optimize our conversion rates and, and be as mo- as helpful as humanly possible. And so we really actually try to remove the, the, um, the personal elements out of it and, and, and try to really pay attention to like, Hey, we think that a woman would more dynamically that's, that's all, by the way, that's just a, that is highly qualified and knowledgeable and whatnot. But we believe that they would be able to more effectively communicate X, Y, and Z with this individual mm-hmm. and, and then, and vice versa. And so I haven't really done an audit on, on that in particular. Um, because again, for, for me, it's, 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 it's so, I, I, we, we know I'm a little detached from it because it's about getting the, the message or the objective accomplished more so than it's about any of those other things. There are components of it sometimes, which, which is, which can be awkward. It can be awkward because you have to be like, Hey, I think you're better suited. Why? Well, you know, like, you know, and then like, and you, and you, and so like, you're, you're always hoping that everybody understands, you know, what we're trying to accomplish and the intent and the motivation behind it. And that, you know, it, it's not about, well, yeah, we want, we want to propel women in this business necessarily, but no, we want to propel talent. And if they happen to be women, that's great. And there's utility in both genders and in what we're trying to do to achieve our goals, to drive our message, to push perspective um, and, and, you know, and ultimately, um, you know, grow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it sounds like that it's really impacted kind of the customer service experience of who gets on the call to handle, you know, sure. which client and which person, you know, it, all of them being talented individuals, but having the option of women there it has seems to be a definite um, benefit to that. I want to sure. ask about um, something that also often gets left out actually in these conversations of diversity, which is inclusion and what inclusion means and what, you know, how important is inclusion for you as a business leader and, you know, within your company and what are some ways to kind of not just hire all these women, but make them feel included in the company? Yeah, again, I, um, 
I don't think there is a, you know, we're relatively small. I mean, we're, 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 we're a staff of about 10 folks. And so, you know, I've not had that experience necessarily. I mean, I've had it at, at other levels where, you know, you're talking about, you know, having maybe cultural events or, um, you know, movements within your organization that might not, um, be very, um, that maybe are, uh, you know, I mean, a terrible example would be like, you know, if your culture, well, like I'm from Indianapolis and um, we do, we have the Indy 500 will be at the end of well, this weekend, for example. And so like, if that was our cultural thing and like, and I'm from Indianapolis, and so like you could argue all these things, like, like I'm from Indianapolis and like everyone has to come here and do this thing. Um, and, you know, I think it's it's even more broad than that. Right. I mean, it's, it's not necessarily uh, gender specific, but it's about, you know, just simply being considerate of, you know, what everybody is, you know, into um, what they what they want to spend time, you know, because it, 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 it's actually way deeper than that. Right. Like, um, you know, I'm I'm a, I'm a, a man with, you know, I have four kids, I'm married and I have four kids. So my free time, I, I do that. And so I think it's, it, you have to collectively understand the dynamic of your family as um, they'll allow you to, if they're open to sharing those details with you. Um, and, and then, you know, and taking those, those variables into account as you are, you know, developing strategies and planning on growing and also so that you can align, you know, uh, new hires in with the culture that you're, you're putting together um, so that there is a, you know, a, a, th that group conscious just continues to grow stronger and you're not, you know, excluding folks, you know, without even realizing it, so to speak. So, um, you know, I think it is, it, it's a, you know, I think it's a little bit more granular than that. If you're really paying attention and if you can evaluate and understand the dynamics of folks' lives and, and be sensitive to those things, um, then you can, you know, kind of develop your company culture accordingly. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And just the willingness to be, to be open to everyone. Um, yeah. yeah, is definitely important. So, um, Getting back to the main contention in your article, which is that mostly women are being laid off. And I mean, I don't know how we don't know how to stop layoffs. Right? No. Layoffs are going to happen. Um, but, you know, what is do you have any hypothesis, any theory on how to keep women, you know, in the business with having, you know, hiring them all back and then laying them all off again? Well, I mean, I've I, I say this often and it's extremely relevant to every professional in this business as it compresses. Um, you know, there's lots of, you know, at the end of last year, there were, there were high, um, you know, theories that the industry would compress by 40%, you know, and, and that's pretty extreme. Right. Um, and so the, 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 the advice and the, I think the consideration is that, you know, it's never been more important to be really good at what you do. And so, and, and differentiating yourself from everyone that's doing whatever they're doing. So if you are in a, uh, you know, underwriter position, marketing position, processor position and loan officer and whatnot, if you're in a position where, you know, performance is a, is a driver or, you know, um, and maybe it's not, maybe it's just, it's just cut and dry and here's your job and that's it. And you go home. Um, you want to figure out a way to, you know, separate yourself and differentiate your yourself from the pack. Um, and, you know, and make sure that you are, you know, 
a, a light amongst the, the the everyone that's there. And so, um, you know, that, that's that is going to be the case for every professional that's that's trying to figure this out um, now at a at a at a leadership level. You know, I think this, you know, the 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 hope that I had with the article was that it would create converse, this, these type of conversations. Right. So I was excited when you reached out. It's like, great. Like, let's start talking about it now. Right. Because it's not simple. Um, it's, it's not in the ballpark of simple. It's highly complex. Um, you know, some of these some of these things are facts and they're not they're not shifting necessarily. They're not going to change, um, you know, the hiring and firing and uh, rates up, rates down, um, you know, and uh, the, the compression. And, and then there's going to be opportunities. And um, so obviously, you know, we have a moving target all the time. But, um, you know, the, the, the way to which we approach this and, uh, you know, and and, cons- and and make considerations for our staff and how our and how our company is balanced and all and the the impact that will ultimately be had if we're if we're not very, very careful at, um, you know, what we do. I think that was the um, you know, that is the first step in this. I, I, there's, there's not a solution off the top of my head. And, uh, uh, you know, and that was one of my criticisms, you know, as I posted on LinkedIn, like, you know, I got like, it's, it's clickbaity and, uh, you know, and what, what, it, what do you propose we do about it? Right. And it's like, I don't know, like, but I think the, the first thing we do is we talk about it. And, you know, every company is built and designed and r- runs a, a little bit different. And uh, the hope is that, you know, as, you know, business leaders are forced to make tough decisions and they'll probably be forced to make them all year, that they maybe look a little bit further and and we and, uh, and, and folks aren't just a number on a spreadsheet. And they're like, OK, what about the business dynamic and the, the business health and the morale and uh, do we have any X factors on this on this piece of paper? And they they just they they look a little further so that they can you know make the best decisions possible. But um, and so yeah, that, that's that's the hope. Yeah, and I I agree there that the most important thing to come away with this is to have a greater awareness and to be conscious of it because you can't control what position this woman wants within your company. Can't control you know the you know the well-being with of that position whether or not that's that's a position that you know you hire a bunch and then you eventually let go how cyclical that position is there's a lot of things you can't control but what you can do is just be aware be aware of the positions that the women in your company are taking and how vulnerable they are in those positions um what skills do they have do they apply anywhere else what you're doing you know if you're firing laying off a bunch of people in marketing how is that affecting the demographic of your company I think I agree with you completely that the first step is absolutely awareness. So thank you for coming on the podcast and for spreading awareness on this issue. (laughs) I hope, you know, originators and everybody listening can can take away, you know, a lot from this in terms of, you know, and get them thinking about this issue a lot more Um, because it's hard. That's it. You know, the solution is very dependent, you know, on your situation. The uphill battle for all parties involved. Mm-hmm. No and we're way. all just figuring it out. That's all we're doing. We're all just trying to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you again. And uh, we'll be in touch. Awesome. Thank you so much, Katie. This is Gated Communities, hosted by me, Katie Jensen, for the Mortgage News Network. 
All episodes are produced by TG Kudem Peror and Matthew Mullins. And our editor-in-chief is Christine Stewart. Make sure you've subscribed to Gated Communities so you get future episodes. And be sure to rate and review it so others can find it. The song you heard at the beginning was Wildside by Saint Society. And the song you hear now is Will You Dance With Me by La La Nia. This podcast is copyrighted by American Business Media. OCN is the largest producer of events for mortgage professionals. We bring the action to you. See when we'll be in your area. Just visit us at www.originatorconnectnetwork.com. That's www.originatorconnectnetwork.com.